Good afternoon to those listening in Toronto, Hamilton, and London on 640 Toronto, 900 CHML, and 980 CFPL. We do have breaking news on this Wednesday afternoon. If you're just tuning in, you haven't heard, Canada has just joined that diplomatic boycott for the Beijing Olympics, joining the U.S. and several other countries. So what does this mean uh, moving forward? I mean, good news for the athletes. They're still going to go. They're still able to uh, participate. But politically, what does this mean for Canada and our relationship uh, moving uh, forward? Well, that is up uh, for a debate, and we, of course, will be uh, following and uh, watching this uh, developing story, this uh, breaking news uh, here this afternoon. But again, Canada just announcing that they have indeed joined that uh, diplomatic uh, boycott uh, for the uh, Winter Olympic uh, Games, which are fast approaching. All right, fast approaching here on this Wednesday. Well, it's a Wednesday, so we know what that means. Vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel is with us. She is uh, coming up in roughly 20 minutes from now. And so much to talk to the doc about today. Why are we seeing this COVID surge in the province? By the way, over a thousand cases today. So we've passed that thousand threshold. Should rapid tests, should they be made more available? That is a big headline, a big story that we've been tracking throughout the day today. Increasing pressure on the Ford government to make rapid tests more available and without cost, without charge to those in the province. And there's also some exciting news out of Canada. Actually, on a couple of fronts, when it comes to vaccines. In Quebec, they're working on a plant-based vaccine. And here in this province in Ontario, human trials have begun on an aerosol one. Basically, uh, kind of like uh, you know, a puffer or a sniffer that you put up your uh, nose, up your nostrils. So uh, obviously that might help with some vaccine hesitancy for those that don't want to get the vaccine because they're just outright afraid of needles. They're scared of needles. So this could be a big, uh, big improvement, a big jump forward when it comes to uh, incre- increasing our vaccination rate. So we're going to talk to Dr. Gorfinkel about that and much more uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. But first, what does all of this uh, mean, all the latest when it comes to COVID for the restaurant industry? Windsor, of course, has already reduced indoor capacity due to a COVID flare up there. And are other cities, are they far behind? Here's our buddy, uh, Paul Bogner, president of Surcorp, whose restaurants include Jack Astor's, Canyon Creek, amongst others. He joins us for more on this now here on Global News Radio. Paul, good afternoon. Nice to have you on with us again. Hi, Jeff. Glad to be here. Okay, uh, let's start in uh, Windsor, if we could. Uh, by the way, do you have any restaurants there? No, thank God. Okay. <laughs> <We're>, uh, <laughs> we don't have anything uh, west of London. Okay. Were you surprised, though, to hear what's going on in Windsor right now, where indoor dining capacity has been reduced by uh, 50%? And what's your reaction? Yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised. But, um, you know, you look at the uh, the case counts in, in the Windsor-Essex market, and uh, proportionately, um, they, they, they seem pretty high. Um, and, and I think there was a large contingent of anti-vax um, people there and, and they had an outbreak and it seemed to spread rather quickly. So um, I was a little surprised that they moved right away on restaurants. Um, but, but I look kind of that that's a hot spot as, as we're a little concerned similarly with the Simcoe Muskoka uh, region. Okay. How concerned are you that more local health units will follow suit? Are you expecting this, that there's going to be more reductions on capacity for indoor dining for restaurants uh, throughout the province? Yeah, we sure as heck hope not. Um, I, I think they need to uh, 
they need to look at the root cause. And I think that they need to look at vaccine penetration. Um, certainly, as, as we all know, um, you can't go into a restaurant unless you show proof of vaccination or a doctor's note. Um, so I would maintain that um, we're still a very safe environment. We're, we're still taking all the precautions. Um, I, I'm still a believer that I, I think the province needs to be a little firmer in mandating vaccines where possible. I, I know there's still that, that, that controversy around it. So as you just said earlier, um, maybe, maybe this nasal uh, version of the vaccine will come out and uh, people feel much better about that and, and increase the uh, penetration rate for vaccines a little further. Sure. But that was my next question, Paul. You're right. You know, we do have a vaccine mandate. We've got a vaccine uh, passport. You can't get into a restaurant right now unless you show that proof of vaccination. Contact tracing has been going on. We do have a very high level of vaccination in the province of Ontario. Should all of that be enough to keep restaurants like yours open? I, I believe so. I believe at this this point in time, unless they have proof, which, you know, you and I have talked many times of uh, they've made decisions in the past to close restaurants without any proof, without giving us any data. It, it just was a, well, um, you know, infections are rising, therefore let's close restaurants. That must be the problem. And I, I think that's extremely unfair. So, um, yeah, I, I think at this point, um, we should always be cautious but I think we should stay optimistic. I mean, we're just keeping our heads above water. Um, you know, we're not even looking at how we're going to pay back 14 months of debt accumulation um, for the, the forced lockdowns. Um, so, so I think we got to be really careful about making a radical move and suddenly um, cutting capacity by 50, 50%. Yeah, so you believe the restaurants are somewhat unfairly targeted, Paul? And uh, if so, why is that uh, when it comes to, uh, seems to be one of the first uh, levers to pull uh, when the COVID caseload goes up, we're concerned about hospitalizations, we're going to reduce capacity in restaurants? Yeah, I, I think we've been unfairly targeted from day one. And, and as I said, as an association, we keep asking for proof or evidence of outbreaks or spreading associated with restaurants and of course, nobody nobody provides that data to us. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, if anything, I, I would love to see. I know my employees are going to be um, sideways over this comment, but I but I would love to see a mandate that said anyone, whether it's restaurant, retail, or anywhere that's dealing with the public, um, that there should be a a vaccine mandate. Um, you know, we are we are um, pushing on rapid tests, so ensuring we keep everybody safe and, and COVID-free. Um, but, you know, as long as we're maintaining that all our guests are vaccinated, all interaction is vac um, with vaccinated people, uh, our servers and um, line workers all have to maintain wearing a mask and, uh, and staying safe and protecting everything they touch. So um, I just don't think restaurants ever have been the cause of this. Um, and, and certainly... Um, would ask that the government, you know, give us a little bit of leniency and patience. How tough, Paul, would it be for the industry as a whole, just as you're back up and running, back up uh, on your feet to full capacity, to have that uh, restricted, uh, particularly as, I mean, here we are December 8th, heading into the holiday season? Yeah, devastating. I mean, uh, you know, for the amount of 50% or 60% loss that we've seen already in a number of restaurants, I, I think that would accelerate 
um, and and we'd see a lot more victims. Um, as you just said, the holiday season is an extremely important one to the hospitality industry, um, and, and I, I think to do that now would be devastating. You know, we're we're going to come into slow periods in uh, January, and February, traditionally the the worst months in our business. Um, so I think if we maintain, as I said, safety protocols, contact tracing, insisting on vaccination um, for, for guests, we've we've maintained plexiglass anywhere that there's, um, you know, we feel tables are too close. So I, I think the, the government should insist on us staying diligent, um, but but also just not immediately move to uh, to restrictions. Um, and, and, you know, there's hundreds of 456,000 or so people associated with hospitality in Ontario. Uh, it's really a rotten time of year to uh, to whack them further. Um, and, and, you know, for the industry ourselves, we just got whacked with this 22% minimum wage increase for servers. Um, you know, costs are continually going up. Supply chain is falling apart. Um, to shut us down or restrict us would be... Pretty much devastation. All right. I got to leave it there for now, Paul. Always appreciate your time with us, and we'll continue to watch this with interest. Super. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Be well. Paul Bogner is president of Sir Corp, whose restaurants include Jack Astor's and Canyon Creek. And we're back after this on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.